Welcome to Two Lit Mamas, a kid-lit podcast for parents, teachers, and writers. I'm Heather Kaufman-Peters. I'm the mother of one teenage boy. I'm a preschool teacher and a writer. And I'm Margie Osamet, mom to two boys, middle school teacher, homeschooler, and writer. Welcome to Two Lit Mamas, episode 35. Are you ready to scream? Oh my goodness. Yes. I love Halloween. And we have two epic Halloween books today. Did yours scare you, Margie? I mean, it totally did. Okay, a little bit. But I mean, it did. It did. Honest to God, I wouldn't read it at night because I usually read at night when I put Nugget to bed, but I got a little creeped out and I was like, okay, I'll just read it in the morning with my coffee. So it had some spook factor. I am a giant wuss though. We all know this. I know. I am too, actually. Um, Cause mine scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> yes. It was so creepy. And then I had to like, keep it in perspective. Cause I remember last year when we read the ghost stories and Mary Downing Hahn was the one of the books I read one of her books. And I was like, it was so scary. I couldn't read it. And my friends were making fun of me. Cause they're like, it's a kid's book. <laughs> I was like, I know. It is, but it's also, it's like, I feel like, you know, okay. If you compare it like to like a book, like, like American horror story or something like that. Right. It is so graphically horror. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. So that I couldn't handle. I I would never be able to handle that. I have to just put it aside. Like, but this is like made to kind of twist, like stick in your head. Yeah. These sort of middle grade ones are more. Yeah. They're like old school horror, like as opposed to the horror that we have now, that's just all like, let's see how much blood and gore and gross we can. It's like old school. It's sort of like you always knew Freddy Krueger was looming. But Freddie right. wasn't like slicing and dicing people. You just knew he was going to slice and dice. Same thing. I think that's it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Freddy Krueger has stayed with me for sure. Uh, <laughs> I <didn't> yeah. sleep. <laughs> it's it's so funny. The other night, the kids were like, did you, um, how many horror movies did you, do you like? I, I hate horror movies. I hate everything scary. And they're like, when was the last time you saw a horror movie? And I was like, um, 1987. Back before they started getting too crazy and gross and real. <laughs> exactly. I saw the first Nightmare on Elm Street. And we all went to this, my, it's so funny. We went to my friend's house after a band competition because we were nerds and we watched the first nightmare on Elm street. And then we had to call our parents because I was too afraid to walk home. And, um, I have never seen another one since. And that was like when I was a freshman in high school and I have no interest, need, desire, or plan to, I could barely make it through stranger things. Sometimes I'd have to like fast forward through that. (laughs) Actually, stranger things though, is old school like that. Because it's all suspense and yeah. creepy. Yeah. I, I love that stuff so much more. Be, first of all, I think it's harder to do. You know, like it takes so more much. creativity to not just be all about the gore and gross blood and all that. I love it where it's like a slow build a little bit too. and Which is so funny because that's exactly what I liked about this book. And when I looked up like criticism, not to jump ahead, but like when I looked up criticism, anybody that criticized the book that was under the age of 40 was like, oh, it was too slow. Anybody that criticized it that you could clearly tell was like over the age of 40 was like, that was right on the money. So we're showing our age right now. Right? Is that what you're well, saying? Well, <laughs> I do feel like Gen Z is just Gen X repeated with cell phones. So I feel like they might get it better. They might like it better. It's because they're just us again. They're just us. They're like that that really angry, <laughs> sort of like pessimistic. <laughs> like, yes. Like nihilists that are like, oh God, it's over. We all, everything sucks. Everything sucks. <laughs> I know because I have one. You have I one. I know, me too. You have them. And you're sure. like, yeah, we made you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. Passed on our negativity. <laughs> I know. Well, it's hard not to. So um, it is the Halloween season. Yes, it is. 
have you made your house into the giant jack-o'-lantern yet? Of course I have. I love of course it. You have. I love it. Okay. So if you didn't listen to last year's Halloween episode, uh, first of all, you should go back and listen to it. But second of all, um, Heather explained that, or I explained, I knocked Heather off and explained that she turns her entire house into a jack-o'-lantern and she puts these in the front windows of her house. She puts these like full on cutouts where of like jack-o'-lantern eyes and a giant mouth. And yep. it's absolutely adorable. I love That's it. when you know it's Halloween season. That's right. And the jack-o'-lantern's out. That's, That's awesome. right. I loved my neighborhood this year too, because everyone got their stuff out early. We were like, everybody was like, yes, Halloween, let's celebrate something. <laughs> I know, right? I was just in, I, this morning I got up to do my miles because, you know, that's what old people do now. Um, I'm one of those ladies that walk in the morning. And I was doing my miles in the next neighborhood over. And they are like loaded for bear. And I was like, you know what? These are some big houses, too. I'm thinking there's full-size bars given out in this oh, way. Yeah, so that's where yeah. we're going to go trick-or-treat next weekend. Nice. My husband loves to give out full-size candy bars. That's his favorite thing. Well, this fat girl loves to get them. <laughs> so let me tell you what. But my kids are old now, and they're not like, they don't want like, to trick or no, yeah. no, no. Um, the oh. Nuggets, totally. He's only oh, eight. Okay. So he's okay. totally down. They don't want to give it up. Like when they were little, they would share their candy. They were like, oh, oh here, mom, you'll like this. Here, Baba, you'll love this. You like this, especially my husband, because he's like, when he came to America, he learned two very important things. And one was that bacon is good because they don't have <laughs> bacon in Muslim nations. And two, he learned about peanut butter and Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, yes. And he is addicted to them. His mm-hmm. mother, he then takes them every time he goes back to Turkey because she now is like, there's nothing in the world that's as good as a Reese's peanut butter cup. Because <laughs> when we lived there, my mother would ship us peanut butter. And then I, one day she's had, a, my mother-in-law has a major sweet tooth. And I ch- showed her the, like the, let's put chocolate in the peanut butter trick. And she was like, what is this? You crazy American. So my husband always goes through their peanut or their uh, trick or treat baskets. He would always go through and like steal all the Reese's. They're on to him now. You know, speaking of the peanut butter and chocolate, I just on a side note here, my mother introduced me to French fries and a chocolate shake. Best combo. Oh, that's so Midwestern. Yeah. I try to introduce that to people whenever possible. So if you have really good French fries and an awesome thick chocolate shake. Like a frosty, right? Yeah, like a frosty. Yes. Perfect. And then you dip your fries in it. It's the best. Because Wendy's fries aren't that great anyway, so it makes them much better. But uh, yeah, I'd it's better with good fries, but like McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's has the best fries. I am so hungry. <laughs> I know I was gonna say that's bad. Okay. I haven't even I haven't eaten yet. So I'm like, oh, I better go eat something before I get surly. Then I'm like, oh, why? I like to save up all my calories on Sunday for wine. Because oh, now yeah. I'm only I only drink on on the on two days a week, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Nice. I I like a glass on Friday now. That's one of my little treats. I used to love that, but you see, I teach on Friday nights, oh, and I don't right. think that anybody wants to like tune in to <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Margaret going again. <laughs> So I can't. And then I was going for a long time. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just treat myself because I don't finish teaching on Friday nights until like eleven. And so I thought, oh, I'll just treat myself with a glass of wine after that. But now I can't stay so awake. late. Yeah. So late would, that I you would sip like one it. sip and be asleep. Yeah. Right. And that's so I just I can't. I can't. That's my that's my little I get like that little 15 minutes of peace and quiet at the end of my class where I'm like, everyone's in bed. My work is here is done. I'll have something to treat myself, but it can't be wine because I just fall asleep. It's usually trash TV and a little bit of frozen yogurt. Oh, lovely. So old. <laughs> I know. So old. Uh, do you have your cat on your lap while you're eating your frozen yogurt? <laughs> Fro-yo. I, I, wouldn't that be, I mean, like I'm a step away. 
I'm literally a step away. I'm like every sort of old lady meme rolled into one. At you this need that crochet. I like my afghan. shawl because I'm yeah. cold. Felt <laughs> my shawl all over my shoulders. I just sent my husband out this just this morning because all of a sudden the temperature dropped. I'm like, you're going to need to go get wood for the fire Aww, because I can't fun. turn the heater on until November because that's my rule because I'm an old lady. <laughs> and um, but it's cold. It just got really cold. So I'm yeah, like, it's gonna pretty have to cold go. here. It's getting cold here now. Finally, it was so hot for so long. So I'm kind of liking it. You guys had heat forever. You guys were, it was hot. My mom was saying it was hot in the Midwest. Yeah, it was really hot. Like we had, yeah, 80 degree days up until just basically this week. So yeah, it was crazy. See, there we are. We're old. So we're talking about the weather. If we could talk about our ailments, that will take us to the next level. And then it's 100% (laughs) old lady town. How's the weather? (laughs) You know why we talk about the weather, though? Because we grew up on a farm and like weather is all people talk about on farms. Like it's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about a weather out here a lot, too, but it's more like, oh, hey, there's a tropical storm coming your way. (laughs) Batten down the hatches. (laughs) Exactly. I know this morning, the woman, there's like a a giant storm coming through tomorrow and the next day, of course. And I have like soccer games all over the Cape. And I'm like, I am not going to sit in the rain for some, Mm. you know, like drive. Oh, it's miserable. But um, she was like, make sure you get out there and trim your trees. And I'm like, is this a thing? (laughs) Was I supposed to know this? trim my tree now I have to do that on top of everything else for the love of god Massachusetts cut me some slack (laughs) go trim your trees after you pump your septic after you do your well after you do this I'm like good lord so I'm gonna send the turk out with a chainsaw later maybe oh lovely that sounds safe (laughs) go trim all right it's a disaster oh my god happy Halloween I'm the one-armed man (laughs) no it's not a costume blood spurting accident yeah right Oh my God. All right. Okay. Well, let's get ready with this spook fest. I can't wait to hear about our books. So let's get started. Okay. So in an epic mind meld, we randomly picked two different books. Hundreds of miles apart we are, but... Then we found out we picked two books from the exact same author. Of course we did. Obviously, we share a brain, right? Yeah. So today we're going to look at two books by Lindsay Curry. One is called What Lives in the Woods, and the other one is Scritch Scratch. And um, though we're not covering it, she also has another one out from 2017 called The The Peculiar Incident on Shady Street. And her next one is coming out in 2022, and it looks really good too, uh, called The Curses of Eastport. So uh, let me be the first to say I'll be buying that one. And I think it it comes at the beginning of the year. So I can, I'm ready. So Lindsay Curry, you will probably be going on our Franzia wine list. For sure. For sure. Don't you think? Yeah. And she lives in my favorite city. So like, we, I can't wait to go. Right, sit she's a Chi-Town girl, right? Yeah. Good. <laughs> excellent. So she does mysteries. Uh, mostly her mysteries are kind of like, or her books are all mysteries with a little bit of uh, MG horror, which yes. is what I need. Obviously <laughs> I can't handle like right any kind us. of other horror. And it's, she's kind of like this, like next gen RL Stein, like RL Stein 2.0. Yeah. yeah. And her kids, are, her books are for a little bit older kids, I think. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Earl Stein's more chapter booky, right? Um, yeah. I mean, he had a YA series too, but um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like hers are a little bit more edgy. She kind of has that like cool millennial mom edge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. A little bit darker, but yeah. So let's start with you. Okay. 
Yeah. Yours, because yours came out. Let's just clarify. Just to like first was the peculiar incident on Shady Street. The next one that came out was Scritch Scratch. The next one was What Lives in the Woods. And then the those are the three that are out right now that you can go get. So let's do them in order. All right. So yeah, Scritch Scratch. Scritch Scratch. It's really hard to say. <laughs> oh, it is hard to say. Um, Scritch Scratch by Lindsay Curry came out in 2018. Um, and it's about seventh grader Claire. She loves science, but it's also why she finds her dad's Chicago ghost tour business a little embarrassing. Oh, right. Of you course. Know? Yeah. And because she doesn't really buy into the paranormal, but she loves her dad. But um, you, but yeah, you know, middle school, you're always a little bit embarrassed with your parents sometimes. So, um, so, and especially now she's feeling a little bit vulnerable because she discovered her best friend, Castley has befriended the stylish new girl behind her back. So always, I know always. it's a little tough. That's a middle school. So harsh. So tough. So, um, and then Claire has to help her dad on his tour one night because he has partner can't make it. And so she has to help him. And halfway through the tour, she notices a new passenger in the back seat. He's a young boy. I know he's a young boy with weird clothes and sad, dark eyes and pale skin. And he disappears by the end of the tour. Or did he soon? Claire Mm. is being haunted by a scratch. Oh, is that where the name comes from? Yes, it's so creepy. <laughs> I thought it was like, I thought it had something to do with like the clickety clack of the tour. Oh my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then she starts hearing a voice that whispers, where are they? Stop it. I see dead people. Stop it. <laughs> it is so creepy. Okay. I have to say, cause you know, I love Mary Downing Han. And so I was kind of expecting this book to be like a little less on the horror just or a little shorter on the horror, I should say, um, just because, you know, it's for kids, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I, this woman goes for it and I kind of love her for it because the scary ghost stuff goes on for quite a while. Same, same in mind. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and it's scary and the main character takes it very seriously. So it is, it is scary. And I mean, it's for probably a good third of the book before she kind of starts to get a handle on it. Cause I kind of expected to be like, at the beginning is so much fun and it's so creepy. And I was so excited. And then I was like, okay, the middle, like, I'm like, this is full on scary. Like she gets haunted at home. She gets haunted at school. And then um, it's how do you cover creepy. that? You're like, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom because something <laughs> haunting me. Well, it <laughs> happened in the bathroom while she was alone. It was so creepy. So that kind of keeps up for a long time. So you, you know, I know there are kids that love scary stuff, and so yeah. this is definitely for them. I don't know if it's for a kid who might be a little bit like, on the wimpier side, but, like me yeah. or like my kid. My kid would be like, no, no, mom, never. I'm not reading this. He's like, it doesn't. He's going to be like 20, and he'll be like, I still hate scary things. <laughs> <laughs> but um but there's so much going on with this book. It's definitely like a true horror, you know, that's kid appropriate. I mean, it doesn't get like, yeah, too much, but um horror, but there's also with the horror, there's this awesome mystery that's going on that the main character Claire has to work out, which is so cool and interesting. And then it's also got like this real f- uh, flavor of like realistic fiction happening because there's a lot of stuff going on 
with her friend, with her friend, Castly. But it's all like so cool, handled so well. I just loved it because I'm not a huge fan of realistic fiction yes, stuff. Yes, we with know. The whole, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But I was like, oh, but it was, I just love the way it was handled and the way they work things out and talk things out. But it's and, realistic. I mean, that's the real yes. stuff that kids go through. I mean, right. And it was very like well done, like the conflict resolution was handled so well. And I I just love to see examples of this now because I feel mm-hmm. like when we were growing up, you know, like the girls would be at each other and blah, 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 or bullying each other or whatever. That's what wasn't normal in books. But I love how the books now show, they might show a little bit of that happening, but then it's more about the resolution and working through it and how they get right. past it, which is so great. I love that so much. Yeah. Um. So that, that was a big like side plot happening was what was going on with her friends. And also like she had a little bit of, um, a little bit of like uh, competitiveness with her brother, like sibling rivalry a little bit in the beginning. And then her, she and her brother's relationship really develops in this book, which I love to see. Mine. Really? Do. And see? it's very realistic. So realistic. And I just loved yeah. it because I love it when siblings love each other and get along. And um, I know my kids love each other. My kids yeah. are like totally tight, 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 tight. And they are five years apart and they've always been tight. And God willing, they'll always be tight, but yeah. I love it. It's not, it's not like unreal right. for, for siblings to get along. Right. And I also liked this book, which you'll appreciate is um, because Claire loves science so much. She really uses like the scientific method and nice. research and stuff to get her through this whole haunting, which was so cool because, and I figured that's seven, she's a seventh grader. I kind of think she read more like an eighth grader which I know there's not that huge of a difference between those two, but anyway, seventh, she's a seventh grader, but I figured that is that around the age when you start like really honing in on scientific method and you start putting it into use. Yeah. Into use. Yeah. So I kind of thought, Oh, it's such an uh, appropriate school a yeah. school thing too, because of that. Yeah. I really loved it. But my very favorite part, cause you know, I'm a huge history fan. My favorite part is all the stuff about the Chicago legends and the history. Oh. Yes. So oh, the, because it makes sense because he has the tour that's going all around Chicago. Right. Right. Okay. So of course, you know, like the um, resurrection Mary comes up, which is a huge ghost story famous in Chicago about a woman who um, people have found um, on a lonely, like dark nights, if they're driving past the cemetery, the main cemetery, um, she'll be walking and she'll ask for a ride and they'll give her a ride. And I mean, this has happened like over and over and over again. So that's a really cool legend. Well, what happens when they give her a ride? They just give her a ride and then they drop oh, her they off. Don't. Okay. Yeah, she doesn't no. like kill them or anything. No, that's she's just like quiet and she doesn't really say anything. And then, and she's dressed like kind of, you know, old fashioned and yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. There's a really yes. cool, it's a cool okay. story. And then, uh, so there's that. And then the Chicago fire they talk about, I will say um, in the reviews, this got really good reviews on um, Goodreads and other places. But one of the things everyone talked about, which I felt the same way was reading all this stuff about Chicago made you want to go and look up like the actual history of it, which Mm -hmm. any book that does that, I think it's amazing. And this was like quite a consensus. A lot of people said it. So, I mean, I can imagine as a kid, like you'd really get into um, reading about the Chicago fire. One thing I didn't realize about the Chicago fire is when it went through the cemetery, it burned and destroyed a lot, all the headstone tombstones. And so 
the city never knew who's buried where or if there's a body there. So like when they do a lot, did construction and redoing stuff, they would dig up bodies a lot. And some people are just still in the ground. They don't know who they are. Isn't that weird? It is weird, but it's so funny because we were just we were just on a tour uh, on a tour for school in um, Plymouth, and they were just talking about the exact same thing, like how they just the bodies all ca- or the bones all kept washing up, and eventually they had no choice but to like just put them in a mass grave in Plymouth right, right by the rock because they were they knew that they were from the Mayflower. But they oh, didn't wow. know anything else, and because wow. they, they didn't really mark them well, they were the people that died. The bones of the people that died when it first landed. Yeah, the fifty, whatever fifty that died the first summer or the first winter that didn't make it through. So wow. it's interesting. Yeah, what do you That's do? It's a Which fascinating is story in itself, right there. Well, you know, here we are, the armpit of America. I mean, the hometown of America. <laughs> Stop it. So then um, Hull House is another uh, really big Chicago staple. It's a mansion that was built by like a famous Chicago family, but then it was used for a long time as a settlement house for immigrants. And so that's when like creepy legends about it kind of started to come about. And the the big one is the red eyed devil baby. What? Yeah, <laughs> that was one of the legends. I mean, that's what my parents called me, but I was like, what else? But yeah, Hull House is a museum now, so that's cool. But the uh, the biggest thing in this book that was so fascinating is the Eastland boat accident that happened on the Chicago River. Apparently, more people died in that than on the Titanic. There were like over 800 people that died, right? And you've never heard of it. So that was like one of the coolest things. And it's a real event that happened, but it plays a big role in uh, Scritch Scratch. So um, yeah, I highly recommend this book. It was very realistic and creepy and scary, but I loved it. It was so fun. I think like Lindsay Curry, girl, you are like, you're the hot ticket, girl. She's on a roll for sure. She is on a roll because that's, this is the, this is the kind of stuff that like kids like mm-hmm. kids dig this. There's no time for sort of like wishy-washy drama in these because these right. kids are like solving mysteries. And the thing that I really liked is that there's no sort of, I mean, yes, your book has a um, main character that's a girl and so does mine. But at the same time, as the things, as things go on in my book, and I don't know, maybe yours is the same, the brother and then her mm-hmm. new friend that she makes is also a boy. It's a triptych there, yeah. there's no like she's not really the main character anymore it's the yeah. three of them solving the mystery which i think is epic because it says you can't do it alone and i think that's like a huge takeaway from the book is that like no you you can't do things on your own you can't just right. solve the mystery on your own you need help and um i think that's huge especially for girls because we love to save the world alone i know yeah the whole last half of scritch scratch is all like an ensemble you know yeah. the brother's always there helping her and her two friends are there too. And then even she has like a little love interest too. That same. Yeah. Shows up at the end too a lot. Somebody did say like the dialogue isn't too like specific to each character necessarily. I have to say when I read that, I agreed with it, but I didn't really notice it because there's so much going on in this story and so many interesting things happening that it didn't matter really. When I was in grad school, they made in our playwriting class, they made us do this exercise every time. And it was a dialogue writing exercise where you'd have to print out your dialogue and then you have to white out every name and read it all. And if you can, and if the rest of the class could figure out who said what, then you were good to go. And if you couldn't, then you went back and did did it again. And I I stand by that. I still do that today um, in anything that I ever write with dialogue because it's it's 100% right on the money. Right. I mean, I will say the the two characters that were really fleshed out were the parents and they were really interesting. Same. 
And and she kind of learns like the dad's not just into the paranormal part of this, but it's more about the history that he's fascinated about and researching people who's been who've been forgotten, which actually it started reminding me of our last episode about Dia de los Muertos, where we were talking about how that's all about remembering people. Uh-huh. And that was kind of like one of the themes in Scritch Scratch, because they were talking a lot about how, you know, this Eastland boat tragedy is forgotten into history and how things Things that history has forgotten are sometimes the most important. That's where you should research. Basically, was that was the theme? Is that if there's something that's been forgotten, that's the history you need to learn. When did that happen? Um, in 1913, I think. God, it wasn't like that long. I mean, no. anything in the 1900s is not that long ago, right? Yes, that's where we came from, right? Um, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. That really is interesting because I had no yeah. clue that such. And a thing I was- love it too because there's a lot of it with the ghosts that it puts Claire right in history for a while, which was uh-huh. really cool. I love that part a lot. She must be a massive history buff because um, I got a lot of history in mind too. Yeah. You know, one thing I will say on Lindsay Curry's website, which is L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-C-U-R-R-I-E.com. She has a whole thing about the ghost tour and, and all the more information about it with photos and stuff about all the research she did. It was really, really interesting to look up on her website. It's under spirit tour. I saw that tab. But I was like, I didn't go. To, I didn't go to that tab because I was looking for something else. I didn't know what that was. That's yeah, cool. well, because that's her dad's uh, tour is called Chicago Spirits or something like that. So on her website, she shows the whole tour that the in, that's in the book, and then and then pulls out pulls out each of the things that she talks about, like where they went and what what the history of it is and everything. It's really cool. Like if you were doing like a cross uh, curriculum thing with history especially history of Chicago. It would be fascinating to read probably any of her books. I don't know if yours is set in Chicago, but this one especially, because then you could really dig into the Chicago fire, the Eastland boat accident. Um, so many things that Hull House, Hull House is interesting in itself. I know the legend is kind of fun with the devil baby, but really, I mean, the fact that so many immigrants went through there, that's a really interesting thing too. Have you been there? Um, no, I haven't. I know where it is. I've seen it, but I have not been in there, but you know, Chicago was another entry point for immigrants coming to the United States. People don't realize that it wasn't just New York. And so that's interesting all in itself too. So there's so much history you could pull out of this book and then also have like a fun, creepy uh, fiction book to go along with it. I think it would be really yeah. interesting. You'd probably really get your seven seventh graders attention with that for sure. So interesting. All right. Well, let me break down mine real quick. Okay. You go now. I want to hear about yours. So mine is, has so many similarities, right? Okay. And my, again, my main character is a a girl and she's the same age, Jenny Anderson. She had this perfect summer plan. They live in Chicago. Okay. And she was going to go to, she wanted to sleep in and she's going to chillax and she's going to hang out. And her brother was going to go, who's a year older than her. He was going to go to um, basketball camp because all he loves to do is play basketball and all she wants to do is write mysteries. So she, he was signed up for basketball camp. She was signed up to go to a week long mystery writing workshop with her best friend. How fun. Right? Because she's obsessed with Agatha Christie and she wants <gasps> to be the next Agatha Christie. I love Agatha Christie. I love this. Okay, go. Sorry. So she was like gonna, I have to stop it though. I have to show you this book. Literally I have it in front of me and I keep getting distracted because I have been reading this book for a week now and I just realized the, I have to show you the cover. So the cover is like this girl at the very bottom and it's really small. She's staring at this huge window with giant red drapes on each side of it with the title in the middle. And then there's like eyeballs in the staring back at her, right? It's called what lives in the woods. 
I just, as you were talking, I realized if you look at the red curtain, there's literally like a creepy crawly creature crawling down the red curtains at the top. And I never noticed that. And now I can't stop looking. I have to put the book on the other side of the room because it's grossing me out. Well, okay. I have to say really quick because my cover is awesome too, but it says something terrible followed her home. I mean, that's brilliant. And then it's got the bus with like a creepy little dark shadow staring out of it. It's so creepy. It's awesome. (laughs) It's I absolutely love it. But that really does give me the skeevies so anyway um because there's a ghost in my story of course so anyway they're all ready for summer and boom shakalaka here comes dad and he's like well we have another plan he's a restorationist he's just taking a job on uh lake michigan in a vacation town in lake michigan okay which is awesome so sorry kids we're gonna go live there for a month so dad could do his job her their mom's been working really hard she's a tutor And she decides that she needs a break too. This is the only way they can really all get a break and do some family stuff. Well, if they go with dad, here's the catch. He's restoring a historical mansion that is also believed to be haunted. Awesome. So it's not necessarily the mansion that's the problem. It's the woods around the mansion. Something lives in the woods. And that's why it's called what lives in the woods. So people say that, you know, like people go camping there and they're called hitchhikers that live in the woods. And people disappear when they go camping in the woods. There's, you know, it's just all these, because that's what she finds when she Googles it. Because of course she's a good, she's a good mystery detective. So they're not excited about this. But they have to go because they realize that, you know, they don't have any choice in the matter because they're 12 and 13 or, you know, you don't really have any choice. Um, Seventh and eighth graders are just going along for the ride. When they get there, it soon becomes clear that there's people kind of stalking around the area, looking, checking things out that are like, you know, looky loose. There's a sign that says absolutely no camping in the woods. And they're like, oh, this is it. You know, this is miserable. Then all of a sudden they get into the house and the poor kids have like barely any bars. They don't have any internet. Their phones don't work. They don't oh, have, no. or they have any internet. Like it's like worse than anything. That's it's part a of very, the horror story right there. Exactly. <laughs> right. And it's a remote, re- very remote property. So it's out of the little town. So all of these things are kind of making this the worst ever. And Ginny is really whiny about it. She doesn't want to be there. And she decides that she's going to find a way to get them out of here and go back so she can still get there in time for her writing workshop. You know, she and her brother absolutely hate each other, but she knows that like he doesn't want to be there either. Fast forward and we go into town and she meets this kid at dinner their first night and they were just like talking. She's like, well, where are you staying? And she's like, oh, at the Woodmore mansion. And he's like, <laughs> eyeballs like jump out of his head and he's like, you mean the haunted mansion? And she's like, well, well what? So that night, of course, things, all these horrible things start to happen to Ginny in her room and it just progresses from there. She then realizes she's like, oh my God, it's not the woods that are the problem. It's the house. The house has got a bigger problem than the things that are living in the woods. (laughs) So she is the only one who can see him. And she's the only one who's getting haunted. And finally, the kid that she saw at the first night, she sees him in the next day when she goes into town to go to the bookstore. And lo and behold, he happens to be a book nerd too. And he's also like volunteering and working at the bookstore. And so they become like quick friends. His brother had a weird experience at that place because they're vacationers too. Like they they come there to vacation as well. His brother had a weird experience. And so she starts to put things together and she's like, I'm going to prove that this is haunted. And then my dad will have to give it up and they'll take us home. That's not what happens though. She, she has to solve the mystery and her brother who finally catches her like mid haunting by coming out of a haunting is like, Oh my God, you're a mess. 
something is real. This is real. This is no more like this is not a drill. There is something in the house. And he decides to help her. And he is so funny. He's like this big, tall, bumbling dork. And you just instantly love her brother. And you see like he comes up and he's like, no, I will help you. But every time he tries to help her, he has like the GoPro strapped to his head. So all you can imagine is this like nerdy preteen, like lanky giant basketball player with a giant GoPro strap because he's going to have proof. He happens to be addicted to this show, like paranormal activities show. So he's got all this knowledge that she didn't even realize he had because she just thought he was a dork because they never talk and they hate each other. So he's got all this information. Then they call Will, who's the friend from the bookstore. He comes out, he brings all these books and they decide that they're going to solve the problem and they're going to find out what the haunting is. And the father and mother are about to kill them because they're just like, just stop. We're here. Let it go. Um, but that's not, of course, that's not how it works. Of course, that's never how it works. They never just let it go. They're kids and it's a book. So they're not going to let it go. They're going to get <laughs> to the bottom of it. It was so fun. You know, it was such a page turner. It was one of those books where you're reading and reading and reading like, oh my God, how am I halfway through this book mm-hmm. already? Mm-hmm. It's just, It was just really good. It's not in any way easy. It's not like, you know, it's not like it's the vocabulary is low or anything like that. It's just a really good page turner. And you want to know what happens. The thing I love most is that it's got short chapters. So yeah. you could easily stop when, if you know, like you could come to a, like a, a kind of a, a place where you were like, okay, I feel like I have a little bit of resolution so I can stop and pick it up again tomorrow, which a lot of times books like these don't have. And um, I think that's sort of a, a detrimental to a, a mystery in a middle grade. You got to break it into smaller chunks for mm-hmm. kids to be able to, you know, manage it. Just, you know, because you need to, you can't, most people don't have the luxury of sitting down and reading a whole book at a time. So you got to give them a a logical stopping point. Well, I always love like, you know, teachers who require 15 or 20 minutes of reading every day. I think that's perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even for adults, if you just read 15 minutes before you go to bed, you you'll read like 10 or 15 books a year. I mean, that's a lot. Do people do that? I mean, who could only read 15 minutes a I day? Know. <laughs> I don't do that, but <laughs> but I think I mean, it's worth it. I read in the morning. <laughs> I read when I get a chance. And then that does not, and then I read at night. And that does not include the time that I read to my nugget during homeschooling or. I mean, but that's the point. It doesn't have to be that, you know, like that's what people think of when they think of readers, but you don't have to do that. You could just read right. for 15 minutes. And even if your kid's not a big fan of reading, just have them read for 15 minutes. It won't kill them, you know, get an audiobook. Oh yeah. And audiobooks are the best. My kids are really good at that. I did listen to part of Scritch Scratch on audio. And <gasps> was it scary? Yes, it was so scary. I couldn't do it. No. Yeah. I had to have control over it. I couldn't do it. I yeah. had to have control. Yeah. I think I kind of, cause I did half and half and I was like, Ooh, I should have stuck with the book because it's easier. Plus when it's your own imagination, it's a little bit easier to deal with scary stuff versus like having yeah. someone read it to you in a creepy voice and all that. Yeah. Right. Um, I just think like so much of the stuff that you said, I just read like the sibling, the sibling, uh, the relationship, totally accurate, totally right on. So nice to see siblings work it out and come together. And like, especially when they're not same sex siblings, you know, like a brother sister combo, just, it was so engrossing. It was, it was enough drama. It scared you, but it, you didn't like, you know, like traumatize you. Right. It was very relatable. Like here's this kid. A lot of, one of the reviews were like, well, she's so whiny. Well, of course she's whiny. Do you know a 13 year old? (laughs) God, Have you met a 13 year old lately? Of course she's whiny. That's what they do. That's literally their job in life is to be whiny. You know, like some of the reviews were exactly what we would say, you know, like slow build, but that's good. That's what we want. You know, great characters, 
total page turner. Everything about it really, I thought it was really strong. I thought it was a really strong book and I cannot wait to read another one. I know I'm kind of, I kind of want to go back and read the first one. Now her debut book, which was the Shady Street one, which I love the name of it. (laughs) Peculiar Incident on Shady Street. Yeah. Shady Street. I love it. You always say that word shady. It made me think of you. I am shady. That's why (laughs) everybody's shady. Maybe that's a Philly thing. I don't know. All right. Well, we give you two thumbs up, Lindsay Curry, and look for us on your front lawn with our lawn chairs and boxes of Franzia. We might, though. I mean, Chicago's cold, so we might put you on hold until spring, put you on ice, if you will. Um, (laughs) But we'll be coming for you. We'll be coming for you with our box of Franzia. Do you like rosé, Lindsay? Is that good? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Okay. So I read Scritch Scratch, and you read... What lives in the woods. So happy Halloween, y'all. If you give those books to your kiddos, they'll they'll love you. They'll love, they'll love you. you. And then they'll be like, thanks for the therapy, mom. I'm going <laughs> to need that. All right. So that wraps up our book chat. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our pick six. And of course, we have six more spooky reads for you to get you in the Halloween spirit. Welcome back. And it's time for our pick six. I feel like we need a jingle. <laughs> we pick do. Six. So here's our pick six. And we're going to give you some more. If you got those little spookers in your house that are really into this like spooky craziness, like a lot of moms I've talked to have been like, oh my God, my kids eat that up. Do you have recommendations? So we're going to give you some right now. So we got six more books that we um, can recommend for those kids that love to be scared, right? Yep. I, of course, I had to pick this. I had to beat you to it because I know you like Mary Downey Hahn. I know. I saw that and and I was like, I saw this book and I was like, I'm beating her to it. (laughs) Um, This one is called The 13th Cat. And I just have, this is the blurb that, that came out with it, right? From master of middle grade horror, Mary Downing Hahn, a new thriller about bravery, unexpected friendship and sinister cats <laughs> will captivate <laughs> readers with its chilling mix of mystery and magic. All I needed to see was sinister cats. And I was like, I'm on it. Click add to cart right now. <laughs> sinister cats. I saw that. And I was like, I want this book now. So, so you had me at Mary Downing Hahn. So I was already on. <laughs> it's like killer cats. Cause you know, I really feel like my cat's trying to kill me at any turn. So I can, I can feel this one in my bones. So when did this book come out? It's just came out. No just way. This year. I didn't know. It's she had a new literally one. like, I think maybe September or something. Oh, it's just awesome. new. It was on a list of like recently released new release uh, horrors that I found. Okay, cool. So Zoe is spending the summer with her auntie Alice and um, her new place is great. And she's all excited, but she's a little unnerved because there's a creepy overgrown forest next door. Apparently they live in Massachusetts because that's what happens all the time here. There's always a creepy overgrown forest next door. Um, But even in the daytime, it's a little bit eerie again. Massachusetts. And there's rumors that they're in town, in the town where she's saying that there are dark forces in the woods. And there's also a wild black cat who seems to be living in the woods. And he's constantly, of course, I say he, um, he's because my surly angry cat um, is male. The black cat is constantly watching her, watching Zoe. So Zoe meets the old woman who's this mean old lady who claims to be that black cat's owner. And she realizes that something is a little creepy about the cat and something is going on with the cat that's more than meets the eye. And she's also in a little bit of danger. Again, 
sinister cats. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Buy this for me now. That's my first one. My second one is called Root Magic. I have had this book on my list like four times this year I and it's never fit. And I haven't read it yet. <laughs> it looks so fabulous. It's by Eden Royce um, and it's her debut novel. It's set in 1963 and it's sort of this black girl magic, really sort of fantastical book that has gotten great reviews. Um, Jezebel Turner is our, is the name of our, which PS, what a great, great character name, name right? Name, Jezebel yes. Turner. She's our main character. Her grandmother has just passed away. I said it was set in the sixties, right? The South right. in the sixties. Yeah. Hello. In South Carolina. So the local police deputy won't stop harassing the family. The schools are starting to integrate in South Carolina and Jez and her twin brother, Jay, are about to begin a school year, a new school year with new kids. Oh, wow. And yeah. of course, they're they're going to be integrated. So you can imagine the hostility that's already going to be like awaiting them in the classroom. Their uncle, however, they're going to be 11 and their uncle doc tells them that now because they're going to be 11, it's time to start training them in root work. And that's mm. what the family has always done. It's like an African-American folk magic that they've done for generations in their family. And Jay, Jez and Jay are so curious. They're really excited and curious because Doc, their Uncle Doc and their granny have been making these potions and treating people for generations. And they've always kind of like seen it and they want to know more. So they're, they're, they're getting pulled in, but they soon find that the evil, both natural and supernatural, is going to show up and they are going to have to find some way to sort of save themselves using the magic that they learn and the magic that they already have inside. I love I mean, this. that sounds so good, right? Sounds amazing. So good. And the last one is I'm actually in the middle of reading it and I was hoping to get it done, but you know, soccer, that's all I can say. I go to soccer all the time. <laughs> and apparently it's frowned upon when your children are playing the sports ball to sit there and read a book. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, this one is called the Mothman prophecy. And it, I think it came out in 2018. Uh, the, uh, what I just mentioned also root magic is brand new as well. It's a 2021 release, the Mothman prophecy by Christine Hayes. And that one Josie lives in Athens, Ohio, which is the most haunted place in America. She, of course, at the beginning of the book, has no time for this and absolutely no belief in this. She's like, whatevs. Uh, but she and her brothers discover a Polaroid camera in their family's auction house. And the, when they start to you know, push the button and the Polaroid pictures come out, they find these pictures of a rich recluse, John Goodrich, the ghost of him, because oh. he's been dead for a really long time. Uh -huh. So they're drawn into this mystery to kind of figure out what's happening. And then there's like, there's cursed jewels, there are natural disasters. And then of course, the curse of the Mothman. I love the whole Mothman thing. Yeah. Um. So they have to break the puzzle in order to survive. Lovely. It's good. It's a good book. It's a really cute book. I like the, the flow of it so far. It's, it's really good. So awesome. Awesome. There's right. some great ones. What do you got? All right. So for the fourth book on our pick six is uh, my first pick is Night Books by J.A. White. And this is more of a lower middle grade. So I kind of went with oh, that. Oh, good, good. Some, yeah, it came out in 2018. It's not a brand new book. But I wanted to mention it because, first of all, it's a little less terrifying than some of the books we've talked about. And it's also... Um, there's also just a new Netflix show based on the book. Really? Yeah, I thought it'd be a fun activity this week if you read the book because it's not, it's a shorter book. It's a kind of a quick read and then watch the show like with your kids. That would be a fun thing to do for Halloween. Is the show so, the same name? Uh, yeah, it's called Nightbooks on Netflix. Um, and Nightbooks is basically a Hansel Gretel retelling, but it's so cool. So it's about a boy named Alex who he sneaks out one night and he's captured by a witch who takes him back to her apartment 
basement that is filled with books. And um, he meets a girl there named Yasmin, and she tells him that there's no way to escape. She's tried everything, and she cannot escape from this place. And so in order to survive, Alex plays on the witch's love of stories because, of course, her whole place is full of books. So by reading her scary stories each night, and so it's kind of – and while they're trying to figure out how to get out of this place. That's an awesome story. I like that. I like that concept. I haven't watched it on Netflix yet because I knew I had the book. So I'm like, okay, this week I'm going to read the book and watch the show. But the show looks beautiful. I mean, it's like one of those like kind of New Yorkish old old apartments where the whole floor to ceiling are bookshelves. Yeah. It just looks amazing. I mean, like the cinematography looks amazing on it. And it's just really interesting. It's not quite as creepy because the scary part comes in with all the scary stories that he tells every night. And so you get those stories as well as the kids, the suspense of the kids trying to escape. Well, and P.S. kids, this is why we don't go out at night. <laughs> Because a scary witch will steal you. It's so funny because, you know, Hansel and Gretel, the whole point of that book was just, or the story was to scare children out of the forest, keep them out of the forest. And so this one is to keep kids from sneaking out in the middle of the night, apparently. Although, I mean, if a witch did abduct me that had a house full of books and if she was going to like do the laundry and everything, I don't know if I'd be like it. I mean, if she's taking care of like cooking meals and doing Yeah, like, if I she makes know. a good tea know. and... Nice biscuit. Be perfect. Yeah, she's ordered pizza so often, every so often. I'm fine. Whatever. Bring a box of Franzia, girl, when you abduct me. Okay. And then for my next, I sort of cheated for five and six. And I sort of have I see that. seven because <laughs> I picked a series for my next ones. It just looks so good. And it came up a lot when um in, in relation to Lindsay Curry's books. This series is Small Spaces by Catherine Arden. There are three books in this series. Uh, the last one just came out this year. So so it's kind of perfect timing if you want to binge read them, you know, because you'll have all mm-hmm. three of them and the books. The first one's called Small Spaces. It came out in 2018. It's about Ollie, which is short for Olivia, Coco and Brian, who are a trio of friends. And in the first book, they're visiting a farm on a school trip and the bus breaks down and they're warned to stay away from the open spaces, keep to the small spaces. Okay, no. It has no. like creepy scarecrows in it. Which P.S. are creepy to begin with. Like you don't have to make them creepier. They are made for creepy. Yeah. So the bus breaks down. It's getting dark. There's a whole field of scarecrows. It's creepy, creepy. So perfect. And then there's the smiling man who's after them. Oh my God. Yeah. It sounds so creepy, but good. And then Dead Voices was the second book in the series. It came out in 2019. It's set at a ski lodge. I I love this author. I love her brain, the way her brain works. Farm, ski lodge. And you'll die when you hear where the last one is. But at the ski lodge, the kids get snowed in and that's where they meet a ghost hunter. And again, they're up against the smiling man in that book. Ah. I know. And then in the third book called Dark Waters, it just came out this year. It's set at Lake Champlain. Oh my God. I love that. I love it. It's Lake Champlain is like, it's the hot spot to be anymore it for is. children's books. At Lake Champlain, they're on a boat tour when a lake monster destroys their boat. Three hour tour. I know, right? And they end up on a hidden island. With blueberries on it, maybe? <laughs> I know. I <laughs> Jennifer Gennari, we're know, on you, girl. I know. I thought of it. And what what was Jennifer Gennari's book? It's uh, oh, Mixed Up Berry Blue Summer. That's what it is. There you go. Uh, but yeah, it's on Lake Champlain as well. Um, all three books 
in this series feature that smiling man who's after them. So it kind of, so it is a continuation. So you want to probably want to start with small spaces, then read dead voices, then read dark waters. And all of those are by Catherine Arden. And those are those lower or, or upper? Do you think? I would say middle to upper. Probably. And night books you think is lower. Yeah, grade. because it's okay. not as, yeah, it's a little bit easier to get through, you know, and it's more adventurous, I think, than scary. But well, I was reading for my little nugs. We've been re- reading all of the Dan Gutman books because he's eight and we are reading the My Weird School Halloween oh, yeah. themed books. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's fun. They're fun and frolicky and ha ha lovey lovey. Well, then we're also in our homeschool study. He's wanted to know about the Salem witch trials. And, you know, I mean, hello, we live an Ooh, hour and a half yeah. south of Salem, so we might as well go. So in order to prepare to go after all the crazies leave after Halloween, we've been studying the Salem witch trials. Well, that little kid's soul is so dark. Now I'm like, now we (laughs) want some scary books instead of like the ha ha my it's Halloween. I'm turning green kind of like, ha ha fun. Oh, look, the fun books. No, now he's like, I want some dark ones. So so I have to check out night books. books. Yeah. Yeah. You can watch the show too. Yeah. Well, he watched Beetlejuice last night for the same time. And he was like, I love this. And I'm like, of course (laughs) you do. Because you're dark. Oh my gosh. When I, you sent me that picture that you're watching Beetlejuice. I love Beetlejuice. That's one of my I haven't watched Beetlejuice movies. for a hundred years and it was fabulous. It's, it's still, still fabulous. good. It's still good. Yes. And it was nice so to see good. Alec Baldwin in his prime before he had all the troubles he has now. That's not Alec Baldwin. It? it is. I thought it was the other I one. had to Google it. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it is. I always thought it was his other brother. Okay. I did too. That's why I had to Google it. All right. Would you want to list our books again, just for everybody really quick? So just in case you're looking for more, our pick six for you is The 13th Cat by Mary Downing Hahn, because there's what? What? Sinister cats involved. Hello, <laughs> fabulous. Root Magic by Eden Royce and The Mothman Prophecy by Christine Haynes and your your three were? I have Night Books by J.A. White. Make sure to check out the Netflix show after you read it. And then I have Cheated and have a series, um, Small Spaces, Dead Voices, and Dark Waters by Catherine Arden. This just sound creepy. All right. So for our next episode, our next two episodes, actually, we are going to be starting our holiday shopping guide because you know what? We are going to be the ones to beat the supply chain issues. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> because in my mind, like the books are in the supply chain issues. I'm sure, right? Like I'm sure that's <laughs> it. Everybody's ordering books. So we want to get them early. Yes. So that's our holiday shopping guide in the next two. Yes. So we're going to break it down. One will be a middle grade and then one will be like we've done in the past picture book, chapter book episode. Yep. So that wraps up this episode. If you like what you've heard, please leave us a review, subscribe, share us. We'll love you forever. Tell all your friends, um, but don't leave us a bad review. Leave us a good one or else I'm <laughs> going to come and find you and I'll bring a sinister cat. <gasps> I will. I can bring my sinister cat, Jenga's cat. Or a cat. sinister turkey, whichever comes. Oh my God, Debbie, <laughs> Debbie's back again. They're around. They're all around. The turkeys are, you know, and the turkeys, I need to like the turkeys of Massachusetts are on the roadways right now. P.S. Is this the time? No, we're about to eat you as a nation. And this is the (laughs) time you want to come out and make your presence known. Let's think about it. I'm just saying we are just we are just weeks out of Thanksgiving. This is when you go into hiding. I'm telling you, not Debbie. Mm -mm. Not Debbie the turkey. So if you want to join us twice a month for kidlet discussions about 
creepy crawly things and, and uh, stories turkeys. about Debbie the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Please subscribe to our podcast through any of the places you get your podcast. And if you want to know what's happening in our world and you want to see pictures of cranberry bogs or yesterday's picture was me trying yet again to figure out what does offsides mean when I sit through six soccer games a week, I still don't get it. Did anybody help you? <laughs> I mean, everyone said the same thing. Honest to God, like I posted that on our Instagram and everybody was like, yeah, same girl. I mean, one mom was like, um, one person was like, I went through six years of college or six years of high school and college soccer with my kids and I still can't explain offsides. So there you go. No one knows what it is. But um, if you want to know all the fun happening in our life, check us out on Instagram, on Tulip Mamas podcast on Instagram and Tulip Mamas on Facebook. And of course, on our website, www.tulipmamas.com. Bye. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye. Happy Happy Halloween. Halloween.